episode one, origin story. Alright. Uh, where do we start? Okay. Alright. Now, you may be wondering, who am I listening to? What am I doing with my life right now? And to that, I would ask the same thing. What are you doing? Who are you listening to? Because I can kind of give you an insight to who I am. But your guess is as good as mine as how is this going to turn out. How it is going to turn out. So you may be wondering who I am. Probably should introduce myself considering this is like my podcast. But anyway. Uh, my name is Joanna. I am a second year college student attending a university. And because my plate wasn't full enough, I decided to try and start a podcast. Because who else, well, actually a lot of other people, but who else can say that they are a college student in a pandemic? Who else can say that they've been through the same struggles I have? A lot, like I said. But nonetheless, doesn't mean that mine aren't, my experiences aren't important. And I've been through some things. I'm only 19, but I feel like I've aged. <laughs> I, uh, um, I come from a, a history of abuse. Of mental, physical, emotional abuse. Um, I'm lucky to be out of that now. But it used to not be so cool. Life used to not be so bright. Um, and I'm here to talk about that. Um, by no means is this therapy <laughs> use that <laughs> um, but this is my story um, I'm from North Carolina um, I go to East Carolina University and I'm a communications major minoring in science and I intend to be an, a broadcaster or a journalist or hell maybe even doctor don't know yet. We'll, we'll see where the wind takes me. Uh, right now, I am preparing to enter my second year of college. As crazy as that sounds. <laughs> Didn't think I'd quite get there. You know, you never notice how much time has passed until you think about things and think about life. Until you're laying at your bed, 3 a.m. staring at your ceiling. Wondering, where is the time gone? When did I become a fully functioning adult paying rent and paying vet bills for a dog? <laughs> when did I become this self-sufficient person? Who let me do this? I don't know who let me do this. I don't I don't think that was fair. Um, I didn't agree to this. <laughs> I didn't agree to any of this, but it's alright. It's cool. It's whatever. It's alright. Um... You know, I'm doing this for me. It's kind of a tracking of my progress as a college student, a girlfriend, a best friend, uh, a dog mom, a cat mom, as a kid who's healing from traumatic experiences in their life, 
who's trying to better themselves and who's trying to prevent the same thing from happening to her kids one day. I want to tell my story. I want to talk about my history. Not everybody knows my story. I grew up in a very small town, about two hours away from Greenville, where I go to school, and everybody knows everybody. But nobody really knew what was happening to me. Me getting hit upside the head with a Yeti cup. Me getting my face beat in whenever I slammed a door too hard. Nobody knew. And I didn't really show the effects of abuse. I was a A B on a roll kid who in high school was drum major of my marching band. I was set designing and working on stuff for our theater department. I was a beta graduate, you know, I, I graduated with a 3.9 GPA. I was a kid who enjoyed school. I enjoyed school so much because I loved to learn. Learning created this outlet for me to express myself and to escape from the troubles of being home. Now, life wasn't always bruises and blows to the head and when it was good it was good when it was bad it was bad and that's still not okay discipline is one thing but abuse is another it is something that sticks with the person for years everything every action that I've that I've done from the first time hands were put on me were in fear of what was going to happen next and I don't have that anymore I'm not scared I'm not scared of somebody coming after me anymore the boogeyman's gone I never getting hit because I defended myself or because I was trying to prevent spousal abuse. Who grows? I want to be somebody who gives advice and isn't scared about the advice she gives because she's worried. I want to be bubbly all the time. I don't want to be scared. I'm having a moment here. Luna, come here. <laughs> it's a life with dogs. <laughs> And, like life happens. It's never planned. Nothing you can ever plan goes to plan. For example, I'm 19. Second year in college. Going to college during a pandemic. I started college during a pandemic. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but, who knew that six months into my school year, when we would be sent home, I would be returning to the area in the f in the spring to go to school. Who knew that I'd find a dog? And who knew that dog would change my life? Who knew that I would go to school and fall in love? 
well, that's kind of like every like rom com there is out there. Has anybody ever seen like Legally Blonde? Like, that's the whole freaking plot. Anyway, <laughs> but here I am. I'm 19. I'm getting ready for probably one of the biggest life choices, you know, moments of my life at 19. And I'm excited. So what better time to start a hella dramatic, hella wild, frankly, probably stupid podcast. This is the golden time because right when I start a new job, I'm about to start my second year of college. I'm about to start a rigorous and 12 hour a day camp. This is the perfect time. Because there's never going to be a right time to start stuff. You just got to do it. And I've been putting this off for six months. It's time to do it. It is time to get this podcast out there. Because I know what I want to achieve. I have a goal. And even if it's just my dad listening to this podcast, because all my dad does is listen to podcasts. Hey dad, hope you're having a good day. I just want somebody to say that they know a little bit more about me by listening to this. Now, I plan to achieve three things, four things, five things, four things, four things, three things, three things, sorry. I plan to achieve three things with this podcast. I am very, I want to hold myself to something. I'm a scaredy cat, full through. I'm a scaredy cat. And there are times where I'll agree to something and I'll do it once. And then I'll never do it again because I'm scared of the work. I'm scared of the commitment. I'm scared of what's going to happen. I don't want to be scared anymore. I've been scared of failure, as a lot of people are, my entire life. You know, this abusive household I grew up in, which I'm not in anymore, my biological mother and her husband scared me all the time. Because if I wasn't at school getting straight A's, they had a problem. If I wasn't working 40 hours as a full-time high school student, it was a problem. And I'm tired of that. I want something to hold myself to, to make myself proud and say that I did this. I accomplished this, even if it's just one episode. Just, Just to have one episode published. Which, the goal is at least 10. But, you know, we're, we're, we're starting small here. I want people to know that they're not alone. When you come from small towns like I did, everybody knows your business. Everybody sees everybody at the Piggly Wiggly or the Food Lion or the Walmart. Everybody sees people. My small town, everybody knew your fucking business. Because half the time, the kids you went to elementary school with, you went to high school with. And that shit's ridiculous. (laughs) So, the first time I went to school with a black eye, I was in like fourth grade. And from that point on, people knew. After the third or fourth time, you can't blame it on falling outside. You can't blame it on your older brother anymore. People know. People talk. And when that talk gets back to your abuser, it isn't good for you. So you just shut up. You stay in your lane. But I want to be out of my lane. 
I am tired of being in a box. I am tired of being scared of my biological mom. I am my own person. I am an adult, legally. I am an adult. I am 19 years old. Um, do I feel like an adult? Not all the time, but I am legally an adult in the state of North Carolina. Anyway, I want people to know that they're not alone in this. I want people to know that there's other people like them who come from parents who abuse them and only get their freedom once they get away from their family. And some don't even get that. Some aren't as lucky. Some unfortunately fall into traps where they have spouses that abuse them and then just go down the rabbit hole again. I want to avoid that. I want to create a community that people can come to. Even if it's just my videos, they just know that one person is like them. One person is as fucked up as they are. That's the whole genre of this. I want people to know that they're not alone. I want a podcast for fucked up people like me. So, with all that being said, let me give you the rundown. I've said a lot of stuff. That's, that's a lot of baggage to unpack. My therapist is going to be excited. <laughs> I wants to be a positive place for myself for listeners i don't want anybody to like cry oh my god that poor girl nah man i'm putting it out like my story okay so like i said i grew up in an abusive household but let's go a little farther back um i mentioned my father and i mentioned my biological mother let's start there so i have two biological parents i have a dad and a mom um as sometimes things happen, dad and mom split up. My dad and mom split up. My mom took us, which it, if it was agreed upon, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not getting into that. that. That's actually for my therapist. I don't know about all that. What all I know is there was visitation. And then due to circumstances, my dad moved away to a different state. And my mom didn't let us keep contact. And due to other reasons, we didn't have contact. And... So, all I had was my mom. A couple years later, her mom died from cancer. This is before my dad moved out of the state, but um, my grandmother died of cancer. My mom went in a downward spiral. Uh, somebody who had been alcohol-free for months went back even harder. And was enabled by the guy she was with. And they enabled each other. And when the fights were bad, they were bad. And, but when things were good, they were great. Now, my biological mom did do things for me all the time. If I had a school party, she would come through. She would do these like great like little veggie trays. Like My mom was like the queen of veggie trays. The last minute costumes. But she was also the artist behind my bruises. The artist behind the cuts when things would hit me and break. She was also the mastermind with the way she articulated her senses to make me feel like I was a burden because I lived. I was the one that made her spend money on snacks. <laughs> I was the one who needed to live and that bothered her or so it felt like. I remember the only time I would get told I'm proud of you was when they were drinking. Or every now and again when my mom realized I'd pushed so hard for something. 
And whenever she was up in her bipolar, she, she'd tell me how proud of me she was, how much she loved me. But when she was down, I just reminded her of my dad. I reminded her of a marriage that failed. And that wasn't cool. Now, I do have an older brother. Um, we don't speak that much anymore. But... <laughs> him and I were pretty close. But it was on and off, you know, siblings do. And he just clung to my mom more than I felt I could. Um, so fast forwarding, after dad left, all I had was my mom and my stepdad. Or, yeah, they got married. Stepdad and, uh, I was only his kid when he was drunk. Or when he was drinking. I was his baby girl. But when he was sober, I was your daughter. Not ours, yours. And that stuff sticks with kids. That shit hurts. And I'll never forget that. I'll never forget when he told me he loved me, when his eyes were glazed over from the third airplane bottle of Jack Daniels. I'll never forget all the times he almost killed us by drunk driving or by him and my mom getting in a fight and throwing something. Well, we, we probably would have died by that, but you know, we injured injuries. And then on my junior year of high school, I was really excited for senior year. I just found out I was going to be drum major of my high school band. Uh, I had a new band director who was really cool, who was loving all my ideas, and who actually helped me, or let me help her write my senior show. A opportunity a lot of kids don't see in band. It's, a, it's really cool to be collaborating with your instructor. Um, I had just won, or my team and I just won second place in a regional band or beta competition. Uh, I won a couple different awards and other events, you know, a really high point in my life. I was just guaranteed a, um, an honor grad. If I kept my GPA up, I would graduate with honors, like so many high achievements in my life. And due to some circumstances, I left. Or, yeah, the story is I left. The story isn't Joanna left to go to safety. The story in her head is Joanna left. Joanna fled. Joanna packed a backpack, her school things, and another shirt or two. I had two shirts, two pairs of jeans, and my work clothes. And I left my biological mom's house in February of my junior year of high school. Because Joanna fled. Joanna packed a backpack, her school things, and another shirt or two. I had two shirts, two pairs of jeans, and my work clothes. And I left my biological mom's house in February of my junior year of high school. Because I couldn't take it anymore. I moved in with my adopted parents, people who had known me ever since I was a kid. Uh, because, like I said, everybody knows everybody. And they knew my situation quite well. They took me in. I had a room. I had people who cared for me. I didn't... I had my license yet. I was a high schooler. 
was getting my uh, I was getting my license late because things and they never complained about having to take me back and forth to work. They never complained about buying snacks. They never complained about my band and drama rehearsals going late into the night. They never cared. They just wanted me to be successful in school. My adopted dad, all he wanted me to do was go to school. That's what he told me. Just go to school. Get a degree. Don't worry about boys. Boys are stupid. Get a degree. My adopted mom said the same thing. Just go to school. Get through school. We will do whatever we have to do to get you through school. So I did. I went to school. And I had a support system. Homework came first. Work came second. Everything else followed. School was first. Something I hadn't really seen. People who asked about my day. Who asked about my schoolwork. Who made me feel like I wasn't a burden to exist. And it was scary. At any point, I could have been ripped away from this family. Because technically this wasn't a legal adoption. In this small town, my biological mom would rather have left me like she did. She, she knew if she came and got me, I probably would have done it again. And she would rather me stay put because she knew I would be happy. This little small town where she grew up in and all of her great aunt, all of my great aunts and uncles were. God forbid they find out that she was hitting her kids or a kid ran away. She'd rather die than see that. She'd rather die than hear that. Be faced with the consequences of that. Now, it's not like DSS didn't know my name. You know, social services knew my name. They knew me. But that's another story. So I stayed put. And I was always told I can go home if I wanted. But I was home. My adopted parents gave me a home. Gave me a new life, a new chance to be a good person and to flourish. They gave me life. And after this, my communication with my dad got better. I was able to, you know, see him. Now, my biological mom did help a little bit with that because after six months of not speaking, she knew that I wasn't coming back. So she tried to hope whenever she could, but like I said, the good does not weigh the bad. I still remembered every word she called me. I still remembered every bruise she left. I remember every incident, some more than others. I remember everything from my childhood that happened. I do remember the good things, all the parties she would plan for my birthday last minute, all the time she'd make my favorite food, but I remember all the bad things too. And I've already put myself through emotional and mental hell, trying to rationalize if I should still have a relationship because she knew my favorite food and would make it for me when it was a hard day. At the end of the day, I'm what matters, not my relationship with her. Now that may seem harsh, like, oh man, you're talking about your mom. Oh, your mom, dude, that's your mom. Yeah, cool. She's also my abuser. She's also my abuser. Somebody who would hit me out of rage, out of spite, who would hide things from me, who would steal things from me and lie 
and told me they they weren't there or you just lost them you're you're a dumb kid you lost them your fault blah who kept things from me who kept relationships with my grandparents from me my on my father's side because it wasn't her quote-unquote problem she didn't care my adopted family they cared more than anything my adopted parents are in the medical field. They've seen all tragedies of accidents. They've seen terrible things. And they're always cautious about their kids. They, ha they have kids of their own, you know. And I was one of their kids. They helped me get my first car once I got my license. Um, the joke is I paid a dollar and a milkshake for my first car. Because my uh, adopted dad already had it in the yard from one of the other kids. And I paid a dollar and a milkshake. Because I bought the man a milkshake. And that was my first car. I loved my first car. My first car tried, you know, anyway. Kaboom, it tried to blow up with me in it, but that's, that's another story. I'm proud of myself for doing this. For finally coming forward and feeling like I'm okay to do this. It's taken a long time. My boyfriend has spent many nights with me listening. And trying to console. Because how do you, how do you deal with that? How do you look your significant other in, in the face once they're telling you about the abuse they suffered? You know? Everybody grew up hearing, I'm sorry, and being told, say I'm sorry. But people don't want to keep saying that. You know? It's hard. It's a big aspect of my life is people understanding that I am a product of trauma. My little antsy tidbits I do, it's trauma. Now, am I growing out of that? Am I dealing with that? And am I doing healthy things to get out of that? Yes. But it's still there. Things still bother me. There's pictures I can't even look at of my grandmother, who was my best friend, because I see too much of my mom. There's been nights where I've sat up in bed crying because I'm upset that I look like my mom. When I had a bio logical mom who hit me who beat me who would yell in my face to the point where she'd fog up my glasses that's terrible to laugh at now but it's kind of funny when you think about it but i have a adopted mom who i look nothing like she's blonde hair blue eyes blue and i'm brown hair brown eyes and i look nothing like this woman who's been in my life since i was about 10 Six to ten, who's taught me brushing my hair every day and not just keeping it in a bun every day. Who taught me how to dress going to interviews for jobs. Who taught me how to clean up a kitchen <laughs> properly. How to do my laundry in one sitting, not let it sit in the dryer for three days. Who taught me that schoolwork comes first, my studies come first. That job can wait. The after-school activities, the friends, the boys, they can wait. My schooling comes first. I don't look like her. And don't get me wrong, I'm pretty banging. I'm pretty cool. But <laughs> it's, it's things you have to rationalize and things you have to think about and things you have to cope with. And that's what I do. I cope. 
and I'm learning new habits. I'm unlearning things. I'm relearning things. Because I deserve to live freely and not live in fear. I deserve to hold people in my life accountable. And that's what I'm doing. Holding myself accountable. Because it starts with me. I don't care about anybody's opinions of me. That's why it took me so long to start this. I was always worried. What if what if my biological mom hears this? What if some kids from my high school hear it? What if their parents hear it? I don't give a fuck. Half of them already know the shit anyway. Half of them already know because they probably saw my black eye. Half of them probably know because they saw my busted lip from a Yeti cup. They know. So, with the help of my super supportive boyfriend, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm sitting in our apartment, full of boxes to the brim because we're in the process of moving. Two weeks into a new job that I just started. Three weeks out from a treacherous band camp I'm about to go through. And I'm holding myself accountable. I'm doing this for me. You know, that's why I'm doing this. For me. And maybe somebody who listens will finally get the courage to do that one thing for them. Maybe it's going to Target and buying that dress you've seen on the rack for the past three weeks. But you don't think you'll look good in it because somebody told you you looked fat in a dress. Oh, girl, go buy the fucking dress. Whose fucking money is it? Yours? That's what I thought. Go fucking do it. Get out of your head. Do it for you. I'm so tired of doing shit for other people. I want to be me. I want to live for me. I'm so tired of living just to get through days. You know, this sounds dramatic and it is. Like... I did self-harm as a kid, you know, as a teenager growing up in the, the chaotic household I did. And there were days that I didn't think I'd get to 15. There were days I didn't think I'd get to 17. But here I am. I'm 19. But I've done a lot more at 19 than some people have had to deal with. And everybody struggles differently, and that's completely okay. But I'm going to start giving myself the fucking credit I've earned. It's my credit. It's mine. I'm taking it. I've worked for this. It's mine. You know, just recently I went on a camping trip with my boyfriend and our friends and, you know, I went on a a camping trip, a week-long camping trip with a bunch of Boy Scouts. So, of course... I made all the Boy Scouts do the fucking work. <laughs> this sounds so terrible. <laughs> um, nah, they're, they're sweeties. They didn't mind doing, they didn't mind setting stuff up because I probably would have just fucked it up anyway. <laughs> um, but I, I had time to read this book uh, that I've been putting off because um, I just was putting it off. I don't, I don't know why. And I, and I uh, found some things in this book. It's uh, the Tiny Beautiful Things, Advice on Love and Life from Dear Sugar. Dear Sugar, if, if you guys don't know, because I, I don't fucking know. Uh, Dear Sugar was an advice column in a magazine 
um, not too long ago, the uh, woman who was doing it, because it was anonymous, uh, Cheryl Strayed, um, who's also the author of uh, Wild and Brave Enough, both memoirs, um, her friend, her publicist, released a book of like some of the wildest and deepest entries she ever received. I was reading a few and I was like, fuck yeah, these are going on the podcast. Why not? Hold on, I gotta find I need intro music. I need I need the Jeopardy music. I think it's copyrighted. So in this one, um, it's an entry that talks about uh the woman who's writing to Sugar is um this entry level journalist, this woman who feels like she's at her wit's end with writing and she doesn't know where to go and she feels burnt out already and she just she needs advice and so sugar says in this paragraph i read it says one thing that was actually two things pressed together like a back-to-back quote on my chalkboard how much i missed my mother and how the way i could bear to live without her was to write my book the one that i'd known was in me since way before I knew people like me. The one I felt pulsing in my chest like a second heart, formless and unimaginable until my mother died. And there it was, the plot revealed, the story I couldn't live without telling. And hot damn if that isn't my life. My life has always been a story. I've always been the kid who talks way too much. Emphasis on way. (laughs) People always call me charming. (laughs) <laughs> no, I just talk too fucking much. And I spill way too fucking much. People know way too fucking much about me and they're about to know way too fucking much more. <laughs> sorry, Grandma, if you listen to this. I'm so sorry, Grandma. <laughs> but every time I talk to people and I tell them tidbits about my life, I'm always like, oh, well, there's a story that would help you understand this. And I've had people look at me and they're like, have you tried writing a book? What's your major in college? Like, what are you doing? Well, I'm doing it. I'm writing my story. I'm, um, my hands cramp up too much whenever I hold a pen, so I'm probably not gonna, like, write it. And honestly, like, it probably take me three years to type out ten pages because my fingers are fat and don't fit on keyboards. Um, thanks, Dad. Um, and so just figured I will, uh, use my yappers and, um, just talk. Figured. You know, I have enough support behind me. I have my dad my biological father. I have his wife, my stepmom. I have all of her family supporting me. I have all of my dad's family supporting me. I have all of my adopted family support. All of my siblings supporting me from both sides of my families. I have the support of all of my friends in my drumline. Oh, oh shit. I didn't I didn't talk about that. Anyways, um side part. Um I'm a member of East Carolina's drumline. Go Pirates. Like I have the support from all of my friends who know me. And they want to know more. I have the support from my boyfriend, his best friends, who, you know, I don't know where I'd be without. They're always there whenever I need help. I was in the process of moving out of my old apartment and moving into my boyfriend's apartment. And I'll tell you, moving out fucking sucks. <laughs> and if it wasn't for those friends who came and help, it probably would have taken us a lot longer than five hours to pack up and get out. A bunch of my life thinking I was alone because I was always told I was worth nothing 
and because I was told I was alone, when I'm really not. Literally in the room I'm recording, there's three cats and a dog somewhere. <laughs> like, you know, we have a zoo and I don't know where I'd be without my zoo. My life is chaotic. Always has been, always will be. You know, you know the plate you get at Thanksgiving where everything's so piled on and you're like, oh my God, where's my grape jelly? Where's my cranberry jelly? Where's my mac and cheese? Where's my biscuits? And it's all at the bottom. Yeah, that's how my life is. Just everything's piled on top. I probably have like seven things going on this week and I probably won't know until tomorrow when all my alarms go off. Like, <laughs> my life is hectic. My life is a clusterfuck and I fucking love it. I'm tired of people telling me, you have too much on your plate. You should probably calm down. I will never calm down. If anything, I'm going to turn it up a notch or two. You know, because of all of this blabbering I've done, one of the theater awards I won in high school was it goes to 11. Because I couldn't stop at 10. I had to go one more. Now, if that was in my dramatic schemes or how I always had to pile something else on my plate, we'll never know. I'm sure, I'm sure my theater director could probably tell me, but <laughs> we'll never know. You know, I'm just going to say that it was my perseverance that got me through it. <laughs> you know, like, this is for me. This is my story, what I had to write. It's my story. You know, speaking of what the fuck I have going on, let's talk about what the fuck I'm doing this week. So like I said, I've uh, started a new job, you know. Anybody who knows me knows I'm five foot two. Um, I wear glasses and I have a tiny little Hyundai Elantra, okay, you know, a little, little four-door sedan. And, you know, I'm not the best driver. Um, I wouldn't say I'm the worst driver. Uh, my boyfriend's a pizza delivery boy, and um, he scares me turning. <laughs> but I'm not the best driver, but I'm, I'm pretty good. I mean, the DMV certifies me. Um, and just recently, I um, I got certified to get my CDL permit. So suck it, guys who think I can't drive. Fake fans. I'm just kidding. All my friends support me. Um, I recently just got a job at the college that I go to for transit. Uh, which means I'll be driving a bunch of, like, the school circulating buses around. It's the best paying job on campus, you know. I got a dog to feed. I got some cats to feed, you know. I got I got myself to feed. <laughs> Probably shouldn't forget that one. And so I figured, I don't mind driving, even though I make my boyfriend drive everywhere, so he'd probably disagree. I like to drive when I have my tunes, okay? It's gotta be, it's gotta be bumping. I don't care if it's 8 a.m., we're bumping. And so I, I applied at, I think, midnight on a Wednesday night. And Thursday morning, I got an interview. I got a I got an, an email about an interview. And so, you know, this is where life's taken me. Now, a lot has led up to that. A lot of shitty jobs and a lot of mistreatment that I've suffered from these jobs. And by no means, by the way, is this a pity party podcast. Um, I just want to share my misfortunes and show you how I've made them better. Wow, I sound like a help self-help book. Well, fuck it. If that's what it sounds like, that's what it is, you know? Maybe I should move this out of the leisure category into self-help, but I don't, I, I don't know about that. I am amazing. I get told that all the time. You know, my boyfriend tells me because I think he's just obligated at this point. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, my parents tell me that. My adopted parents tell me that. You know, my friends tell me that. And I tell my friends that. And I believe I've thrived off of those compliments because I'm not used to having that. I've thrived off of learning how to love myself and 
the love and support from my friends. I have thrived. So I applied to be a transit operator. I applied to drive a big-ass 19.5 ton bus. Where did I think I got that? Out of my ass, apparently. But I think I can do it, so we're gonna fucking try it. So in order to do that, I had to take some training, and I had to pass a CDL. Uh, Class B, I had to get my passenger, my general, my air brakes. Fucking air brakes, man. Jesus Christ. Um, honestly, the class wasn't that bad. My, uh, section leader in marching band, one of my really good friends, um, actually was taking the class too, because he got hired on too. So they knew we, they knew we knew each other, and so they scheduled us together. So we were able to talk about it and text about it, and we were able to go to the DMV together. You know, like, we were able to not be alone. And, you know, say what you will about being a loner and being a lone wolf, like, I'd much rather be with people who support me. I'd much rather corner than be alone. Yeah, I can be alone. I know how to be alone. I know how to eat Olive Garden by myself. I fucking do it often. That's not the point. What the point is, if there's one thing I've learned from being myself and being my my bubbly personality, yeah, I can talk. I can talk to just about anybody. But the people who are willing to have conversations with me back and the people who care about my life and who text me on a random Wednesday just to see how I'm doing, I'd much rather talk to them than just be alone. Now, do I feel alone at times? Yeah, everybody does. That's that's the growing pain of being a college kid. That's the growing pain of being a year out of high school in a pandemic hitting. That's a growing pain 30-year-olds suffer, I'm sure. Like, I don't know. Ask a 30-year-old for reference. So I'm doing this. I'm going to drive a bus. I'm going to be a bus driver. Believe it or not, I'm actually also a tour guide for East Carolina. So if you ever need a tour, hit me up. I'll set up one for you. I know the director pretty well. He's a really nice guy. Um, and it's really funny how... Me of all people, I have two jobs on the campus I go to school at. And honestly, this time two years ago, I didn't even know where I was going to school. I had no plans. I had no idea. I didn't know what I wanted to major in. That's another story, though. How I settled on a communications major with a minor in science, that's, believe it or not, that wasn't my first choice. Believe it or not, that wasn't the first thing I wrote down on the general application that Common App makes you do. That wasn't the first thing. So you may be asking, what the fuck am I doing this week? I'm doing roughly, probably roughly 40 hours of training how to drive a bus. I'm going to learn how to back up. I'm going to learn how to drive straight. Because believe it or not, it's very hard to drive straight. Uh, I'm going to be learning how to, like, check oil in a bus. Which, I mean, I already know how to check oil. But, you know, I'm going to be doing pre-trip inspections. Making sure that the bus is safe for riders. So, if you're like me. If you sit at night and wonder, why am I this way? You're this way. Because you're meant to be that way. And I know how fucking stupid that sounds. 
but you're meant for that. That quirky thing that you do, that's you, dude. Fucking embrace it. Go buy the Target dress. Go eat at Jersey Mike's for the fourth time this week. Go buy Chipotle for the eighth time this week. Go do you. Do whatever's going to make you happy. Money comes and goes. Friends come and go. People come and go. One thing that's forever. Dogs. I'm just kidding. I wish my dog would live forever. That's another story. I love my dog so much. But if you need a place just to kind of not think about your life and think about somebody else's, escape from your life, come here. Come hang out. Because it's going to be a clusterfuck every week. (laughs) That's how it is. And I'm excited for it. Every week it'll be something new. And it may not. Maybe some weeks I'll just sing the ABCs for an hour. Just to get, you know, everybody gets their hourly dose of Joe a week, you know. If you need a place to let go and to debrief. You need something to listen to in your car ride home from your really shitty job that you're doing because you need to pay bills. Coming out. I'll always have stories. I'll always have a dad joke. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll start a dad joke segment. You know, that may, that'd, be, that'd be cool. But if there's anything that I've learned from being me and from not being scared anymore is that people genuinely care and genuinely want to see you succeed. And so for anybody who listens, I want to see you succeed because I know how hard it is to feel like you're not getting anywhere, to feel like everybody around you is moving three times faster than you ever will. And I just hope that you can come here and feel like You don't have to compare yourself. You don't have to be so anxiety-ridden over everything that you have to do this week. Everything you have to cross off your list. I just hope you can be at peace. And you can just wonder what she's gonna say next. (laughs) I'm not Jack in the Box. I'm just a girl outside the box. Thanks for listening. See you next week.